Morning, hello guys. Welcome to another episode of the Suffolk Business Podcast. We are here today joined by the amazing, the lovely, the talented, the gorgeous... <laughs> <laughs> James Kirsten from Kirsten Carpentry. How are you, mate? I'm very, very well. Yeah, how are you two? Good, good. Very well, mate. Very well. Good. Very well. Good. Um, let's crack on. Um, James, talk to us a little bit about your business, um, what it does, how it helps, etc. Go for it, mate. Yeah, so my company is predominantly um, a commercial carpentry contractors. Uh, so I started that um, on the back end of 2012 and really sort of got the guns going in 2013. Um, I previously had another business, which obviously didn't work out, but you learn from your mistakes, don't you? And being a man and not wanting to be defeated, I thought I've got nothing to lose, I'll give it another go. And that's where I made that decision. I was working in a, in a company which is huge now called Toppersfield, a road surfacing mm. company, um, which is started by Matthew Pryor. Um, Really enjoyed that, but I felt like I wasn't valued very much there. And although I did bring a lot of business in, I always felt quite small. But at the same breath, I think if I didn't work there, I wouldn't know how to win a lot of business today. So that taught me a lot, which is why I'm a firm believer of everything happens for a reason and always take good experiences, good and bad, forward from your in life. So anyway, I started then in 20, sort of late 2012, 2013, Actually, that's when I met my now wife, Lindsay. Um, so that was a really nice time for me. It was a story. Got, yeah, I'd, 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 I'm starting my business. I've, I've got a lovely lady I'm with now. God, how great my that's life you, is. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, let's really go for it. And I had so much motivation to make my own success. Then I carried on for throughout 2013, just doing work, domestic work on people's houses, in kitchens and making joinery and all that. Um, and I had a, a fairly decent job that I won, um, which is the travel stock in Hadley, which yep. is converting the old beer barrel. I did oh, it. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I did. that was one of my first sort of major projects, really. And I had a, a contract there to fit all the inside out and make all the joinery bookcases in there. Yeah. I was thinking, God, I've got nowhere to make these bookcases. I could do a workshop, scouted on the internet. And the yard I'm currently in now was up for rent. So I thought I'd just nip in and see Malcolm, the owner, one day. And obviously we went through the agent and then, poof, that was my Fair yard. Up. Yeah, yeah. And that was like a year in. That was when I just became a limited company then. And um, I remember at the time doing the signing the lease document at Nicholas Percival in Colchester thinking, guys, this is risky, isn't it? God, look at this. <laughs> but I'm like, now I'm like, what would I have done if I hadn't? Where, yeah. what would I, you know, where wouldn't I be if I hadn't have done that? But if I've always like followed my gut, you know, just if you think it's a good decision, just do it. Yeah. You'll soon know if it's not a bad decision and then you know, ah, I was too quick to do that or yeah. I should have thought about more or just held back a little bit and listened. I'm very impulsive. Mm. I'm like, if I walk around in the shop, I'm like, oh, they're a nice pair of shoes. Yeah, I love them. Oh, how much are they? Oh, well, I'll still have them then. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's classic me. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my missus is like, oh, you're terrible, you are. <laughs> Like, yeah, I just, if I like something, I have it, you know? Yeah. So that was like 18 months in. I remember getting that yard and like, God, you know, building all these bookcases in this workshop. And I, I, every time I walk in that workshop now, I always think about that first project. Yeah. And I think how much other stuff have we now made in there that's still in great use in other buildings for other companies. So I got about another year later, I built up to about six to eight guys 
I was taking on apprentices. I'm all, I love training young lads. I think the, the construction industry is so small yeah. with, with younger people coming through mm. because obviously the recession in 2008, a lot of people left the industry, myself included, which is where my first business didn't work out. Yeah. Um, and people have moved on, gone to other things. So there's a, a big age gap and no one else has come through. So there's a massive skills shortage today. Hence why the demand is, is high. Yeah. Obviously, the rates are capped. We can get onto that a bit later if you want. But looking back at that now, I was about six to eight blokes and I was still working on the tools full time and going out in the evenings, pricing the work, doing domestic. And I was like, God, I'm so busy. So I made that decision to like come off the tools part time. And that's another decision there. And it's I was a big like, one as well, isn't it? Especially yeah. in your industry as well. Yeah. To, to take that step back is a is a difficult decision to make, I, I imagine. Yeah, because yeah. for me at the time, I was like, I was one of the lead blokes bringing in most of the mm. money going out and you know, my quality of work was high and I expected my blokes to do exactly how I worked. Mm. So I was like, are they still gonna do that if I'm not there? And then you learn quickly, actually, it's not always the case, is it? Because they're never, ever, ever gonna be as good as you and it's almost that acceptance, aren't they, isn't it? To just be like, actually, they might not be up to my level or they might not be how I would do it, but they're doing it how they would do it and you almost have to celebrate that. And are they hitting yeah. the mark? Yeah. Well, that's another thing that I've come to realise over the years. Don't judge people on yourself. Mm. Yeah. Because that's a classic thing that I used to do. And hands up, I probably do still do it. But that's my criticism, if that's the right word, nature of always trying to pick fault in something to better myself. Yeah. You know, oh, they don't do that like me, but they do other things better than me. Mm. But I was like, don't you know? Don't judge people on my own ability. It's the hardest thing, especially when you when you own someone, when it's your baby, and you're that you see people doing the work, and you'd be like, oh, that's not really how no. I would do it. And it's it's that balance between micromanaging them and and actually giving them the freedom because sometimes the right, the right people don't need that micromanagement. Yeah. All they need is just to be let off and just do it how they want to do it. And yeah. it's about striking that balance, which as a business owner, and we're going to obviously talk about that in a minute, running a team is, is a big, big thing that you kind of have to learn quickly because you don't do it at the beginning. Really, not many people do it at the beginning. They no. normally work within a team. Right. Um, I, think, I think it's important to, to know as well that no one's going to work as hard for your company as you do. Yeah. And a lot of business owners and employers expect that to happen. It just doesn't. The reality yeah. of it is you will work the hardest. Yeah, because I've got everything to lose. Mm. Exactly, yeah. exactly yeah. that. So. Whereas there, they just get another job, get another job. Yeah. 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 I don't matter to me, I my money. Yeah. But I actually try and instill that in people. Yeah. You know, like if you mess this up, not only do you mess my life up, but you mess everybody else's life who works here. Yeah. So try and think of that detrimental effect of mm. your bad decision. Order, so order, order of um, consequence. It's yeah. the domino effect, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. push one over, they all fall. Amazing. So you've got this workshop, you're, so obviously you're very, very pleased. You've got this workshop, you're building all these amazing stuff out of it. Yeah. When was this, 2013? Yeah, that was probably 2014. Right. When I just turned into a limited company yeah. then. So it's probably turned over about, 200k then I yeah suppose. you got a team on board as well yeah yeah cool so where what happens next uh obviously come off the tools part-time mm -hmm. which at the time was like oh can the, can the company sustain me not working as much but then i looked like well i'm going to be winning more work because i've got more time to be going out and winning the work. how did how did you handle that being in the office more 
It's very weird. For, for someone that's been so hands-on, yeah. that must have been strange. Yeah, it was. Because you just want to do some things around the office and just quickly <laughs> sort the door out. Just constantly yeah. sharpen pencils, really. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So um, we, I ended up doing loads of work at the office, refurbing it, fitting new cabinetry and put... Oh, so you're still hands-on there, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was going to work in the office in the scruff so I could do a little bit here and yeah. there, you know. But I eventually... And I mean, I remember like putting these shirts on and trousers and thinking like... Oh, you know, look how far I've come. Like, yeah. you know, what I've when you put different clothes on from going on the tools to off the tools, I was like, I'm a boss now. It's a visual representation of yeah. where you are now. You look in the mirror and be like, okay, this is what not what I look like yesterday. Yeah. So it's almost like that progression, isn't it? It's yeah. cool. So like, it was weird driving the van to work still. So that was another goal for me. Like, I'm all about goals. Like, yeah. I'd like to have this car. So I'd worked really hard and I achieved and then I bought that car that I wanted and then I drove that car to work. And yeah. Because I, I didn't want to wear a nice suit and trousers and turn up to a pricey job in a transit van. <laughs> you know, I love my transit. I still have a transit yeah, today. Yeah. I love transit vans. But it was that image of representation that I wanted my customers to perceive mm-hmm. that, oh, this guy, you know, he, he looks the part, he talks the part. I've seen his work. He seems really good. Yeah. Yeah, his price might be a little bit more than somebody else, but he's come recommended and yeah. he, he turned up on time. He spoke really good knowledge. Mm-hmm. So I built about a year after that, probably got to 12 blokes, I suppose. And then I was like, oh, I really want to, do some schools and housing and things like that, the actual commercial work. Because I got quite bored and very frustrated, actually, is the right word, by by domestic customers and actually how needy they were Mm. and actually how sometimes so price-driven they could be. I get calls all the time, I need 10 doors hanging. When do you need it doing? Saturday. And this would be like a Wednesday. It's like... It's the wrong expectation, yeah, isn't it? And those are the think, customers that you probably don't really want to target. Exactly. Yeah, yeah and you give them a price, and they'll be like, I'll say, for, I'll be like, oh, that's a £1,000. Mm. Oh, no, well, John down the pub can do it for £750. Well, Let John down the pub yeah. do it for £750. <laughs> my time. And I had that all the time because yeah. I, was getting, I was growing yeah. and I was quite visible. I was like, I'm getting really annoyed with this. So mm. I was like, let's have a stab in the domestic, in the commercial market. And I just rang up big construction companies like Barnes Construction and SEH French Rose Builders, Brooks and Wood, all those companies that you see vans flying around. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, they're like, well, who are you? You tell them, and I had a decent website at the time. And there's a lot of no's, and you just kept going and going and going and mm. going. And eventually, you price a few jobs, you don't win a few, you carry on, and then you win something. I remember one of the ladies in my office at the time saying to me, Cool, you've done really well in getting to that market. And I remember feeling such an, an inside self-feeling of positivity of like, that's good that my team uh, noticing, noticing that you, I'm yeah. actually grafting really hard and trying to yeah. change something in the business. Off, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And they could see that like, well, you know, if he's doing all this, then we've got to be with him all the way, you know? Yeah, yeah. So Amazing. So how, how was that? Obviously, you, you went from the, the domestic to commercial. Yeah. That transition, was there any challenges that came with that? Or, I mean, you know, we, we said on last week's episode that everything good, there, there's always a sacrifice you have to make. What was the sacrifice from going to domestic to commercial? It's a big scale, right? Yeah, it's huge. And you look back at it now and you think, God, I've done well to achieve that. Yeah. So the two main factors for me, the big hurdles were the health and safety element mm-hmm. and financial. Mm. Because with domestic customers, I'd take a 50% deposit up front 
for the work. Yeah. And then I'd do it all and then get the remainder yeah. of the money. Yeah. So I always had cash coming in. Yeah, the cash flow kind of. Because obviously we'd, we'd do a school and it'd be 28 day payments at the end of the month. So you do a month's work, put your bill in, then you get paid a month after that. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not getting any money for two months. That was the hardest thing. So yeah, from like, start. Yeah, from work, yeah. Was that expected, or was that did that kind of hit you in the face? Um, yeah, it was a bit of both. I knew it was going to be hard, yeah. but I just made you know, as always, you get by. Yeah, I, I maybe didn't pay myself for a month or two. Yeah, and put always put the guys first. That's what I always did. always made sure they were paid every Friday because I knew they wanted to work hard for me and go. James looks after us. And if they got offered another job, they'd be like, well, actually, I'm really happy where yeah. I am because I've got a great boss. Mm. And this is one of my main sayings. People quit bosses, not jobs. Yeah. You know, because people follow people, don't yeah. they? People buy from people as well, right? You know? So true. If it's, it's one of my main philosophies of what I stick by. Yeah. You've done a great job. We've been to um, the offices, haven't we, Jake? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and we can see the feeling around that yeah. like, you've got a team. Obviously, the team loves you. Like, it's just a great rapport with all your team. How have you been successful in achieving that? It's company culture, right? People, yeah. people bosses do struggle growing a team. It's as simple as that. We've yeah. seen it a lot. So talk to us. How, how have you achieved that so well? That's been partly down to, I think, my own nature of being a very good people person, which is probably why I grew a good business yeah. in a short period of time. And it's getting people to believe in what you believe in. And my business development manager, Tom, at the moment, he's like, I, I love our product, not because what we do is great, but because I love the company. Mm. And I've, I, I know what we do is good. Yeah. Like, well, that's fantastic. Yeah. You know? So he can go out and sell our blokes, our quality, our reputation, Without our efficiency. Yeah, because yeah. he knows it's going to happen. Mm. Because the people behind him mm. that I've put there, most honestly, quite recently, have we've all got the resource with each other and I've tried to outline this is your role that's your role mm. this is his role don't convolute the water and try and do a little bit of his and a little bit of that stick to what you're good at and what you're meant to do because yeah. otherwise there's a breakdown in communication and overlap there so obviously we've had a lot of people come and a lot of people go I've had people come into my company who quickly form their own opinion of what they think but you're always going to get that. Always. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And immediately they're not right. Yeah. Because if yeah. you come in here and tell me what you think of my business, I don't want you. So I, I, I take it they're not there now. No, definitely not. <laughs> it's, it's a virus, isn't it? Because then you, they start to chat to other members yeah. of your team and then you kind of, as, as soon as that comes in, are you, I mean, are you quite ruthless then if somebody comes in they they have, they kind of don't quite fit with the culture of your company? Is that a very quick, easy decision to make or do you kind of sit on it for a while? Um... I can be quite ruthless when I need to be, but a lot of the time I always think about a decision. Mm. Am, am I happy? I'll ask myself these questions. Am I happy with that person? Sleep. Can I work with them for a long time? Mm. Are the rest of the team happy with them? Because they might be right, but two people who work for me for four years might think, this guy's an idiot. Yeah. And then think, what's James doing? He's making his poor yeah, decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's not on the ball anymore. He's yeah. like, oh, I'm going to look for another job now. Someone, someone who I looked up to um, said to me once, Write write an email if if it's gonna if you're gonna grill someone or yeah. make a big decision. Write the email, but always sleep on it before yeah. you send it. And very very more often than not, you will not send that email in the morning. 
Or you'll amend it. Or so you'll amend it, yeah. You're not calling them an absolute... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you think... want to, don't you? Yeah, yeah. you oh, do, I'd go to town on some of them. But... Yeah, you do. I mean, you scare us a little now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big cuddly bear, really. Yeah. No, but, but that's so true, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, I should imagine you got better at that. Because we... Totally. Mm. And I do it now. I've, I'm a consultant. Paul Tesian. Great guy. HR does a bit of debt collection mediation, but obviously that's a big problem in my industry, getting paid sometimes. And um, he always says, you're a brilliant guy, but God, you shoot from the hip. I'm like, I do, Paul, because I'm passionate about my yeah, company. Yeah. When people owe me money, they've took food off my pl- my table, like my bloke's mouths who've got yeah. mortgages, children, young mm, kiddies. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're not only knocking me, they're knocking them. Yeah. And I take that personally yeah and I'm, I'm still trying to work on it now is just detaching yourself from okay that's happened through not any bad decision that i haven't made it's just they've messed me around so what am i going to do to get over it mm. you know that's why I, th- I think you you need to keep a certain element of that though i think that's what makes you a good boss and why these guys will yeah. literally yeah. follow you everywhere yeah. because you do do that for them yeah. they know that they're never going to be sure and their families aren't going to struggle because you look after them and make sure they have what they need yeah um, so fair play. Being on like the um, the kind of the front line all the time and yeah. having that responsibility, is there anything like you do mentally just to kind of like? I mean, do you take time out? Do you have a bit of escapism that you you like to do, or is it very much cursed carpentry is on your mind twenty four seven? There's always that question of work life balance. Mm. Actually, I saw something on LinkedIn this morning. There's not that balance. It's work life harmony, mm. and both yeah. have got to work. And over the years, all I used to do was work. Mm. And I don't regret that because if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be where I am today. But my hobbies are being in the outdoors, shooting, fishing, dogs, the countryside. That's, yeah. that's what I love. And I didn't do that for years. But when mm. I was employed, that's all I used to do. Yeah. Because when I used to work from half eight to half five, or at half past five, I'd literally switch off because mm. I didn't, my phone wasn't ringing. Yeah, yeah. I could go out and be like, oh, I'm going to go out shooting tonight. Yeah. You know, so I'd go, go home, have my tea, get my dog and go out. Yeah. Whereas when I had my own business, I was like, I've got invoices to do, I've got quotes to do. There's always something to do, I isn't was, it? Yeah. yeah. And now, as I've grown, I'm like, I've got more time to be able to do that because I've worked hard for those years and took that risk, but I've got the people in place that if I want to have a day off, nothing's fallen behind because mm. I've tried to build a company so it almost doesn't need me now. Self-sustainable. Yeah, so mm. that's why I'm trying to like, at the moment, and I've briefed all my team on this already, this is my direction. Mm. And like my, my company, Curse and Carpentry, with, this is gonna be huge when it starts, but it's gonna become the Curse and Group. So we're gonna have a group of companies. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna have different divisions. So not only can we price the carpentry element on sites, we're gonna try and do the plastering and the decorating. So, the whole so we can control kind of everything after us as well. So we can put multiple so bits a, together. Yeah, like an ecosystem of what you offer. Yeah. So it's like a big That's holistic approach. Good. Big news. Yeah. It's huge. When, when, when is that going to turn into There's that? no time scale on at the moment. That's probably something just, I just need to work on, Jack. Yeah. Just a long term. Some, again, something else, all about the goals. It's what I want to achieve. Just go out and get it. Yeah. yeah. You know, that might happen in a couple of years. It might happen in six months' time probably a couple of years is more realistic because that's not a small, quick, easy decision. Mm. And because I'd also like to build my own homes. So we're gonna have Kirsten Homes or, you know, maybe it might, might be name it something, I might name it after one of my children when we have children or yeah. something like that. Yeah. 
you know, but that's, that's something I've always wanted to do, like build good quality family homes. I mean, we work for some of the national builders now, Persimmon, Taylor Wimpy, Hopkins Homes, mm. all those companies, you know, we, we're, we're in discussions with all of those. And Hopkins build a lovely home, but Persimmon build a box, no disrespect to their business model and Taylor Wimpy do, because that's just what they do. Mm. But a proper family home that's well laid out, well fitted out, good quality, nice garden. Yeah, you're going to pay a few quid for it, but you think that's a really nice place to live, mm. rather than all hemmed in and overlooking one another. Mm. Yeah, you know. So that's that's something I've always wanted to do. Yeah, we call them checkpoint goals, don't we? Mm. And okay. that, uh, but again, that's another checkpoint goal for you because I should imagine when you have that, then you'll be like, right, we've achieved this. Now, how are we going to better it? How are we going to make our, pro- our um, project better? Yeah. So. That next, I've already lined that up is to have. <laughs> another depot or branch mm. so we're, obviously we're in Suffolk, Essex Cambridgeshire, Bedfordshire, all those places now in the moment where we work all of East Anglia really yeah. why not have a Midlands branch yeah. mm. why not have a South West branch you know, and, and just building on that, that brand of companies can know our business but have exactly what we offer here but in a different part of the country yeah. sure. you know? so obviously you're very switched on in, in a business sense as well was there anybody that kind of gave you their advice or their knowledge and passed it on to you? Anybody that was like a mentor to you growing up or did it always come naturally? Yeah, it did actually. Um, there was one guy from Toppersfield who's now retired, a guy called David Last. Uh, he was one of the directors there. And even when I left Toppersfield and started my own business, I could always phone him up and be like, is this right? Mm. And he'd always give me an honest opinion. And he was on the guys to follow your gut. Yeah. And that's exactly what I do. Yeah. But no, I didn't really have a mentor. And that's something that I almost wish I had. Mm. And I'd be more than happy to do that for somebody else or other people. Maybe we could have a workshop one day, us guys, yeah, you know, yeah. business owners doing Absolutely. speeches for, yeah. for people who want to know things. And because I would have certainly used that and mm. I'd actually offer that for free because people want to know I mean yeah you probably could charge for it and there is people who charge for it but things with you as well but I think you've got that drive as well like there's that motivation like you said with the goals kind of thing it's almost like you know your end point and you're trying to reverse engineer how you get there yeah. so it isn't necessarily about getting all of the business advice you can it's about trying to work out okay if I did this that would bring in this and then I had to go and do this to get in order to get to that point of interest yeah um so yeah, again, that's something that could easily be mentored as well. Yes, and, and getting people to trust their inhibitions and their mm. instincts. And yeah, you're going to make bad choices. Mm. That's all part of learning. Because, I mean, you look at the special, and I relate this into special forces or fitness, right? Failure is success. Because until you've reached that limit, you don't know what the breaking yeah. point is or the next point is. Mm. But people look as... Oh, I didn't achieve that as like oh, I failed I'm just going to give up yeah. no 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 no. don't look at it like that look at it as a positive well, you've got to point. that point now get to that point and go a little bit further you mm. win or you learn yeah like with weight training yeah. and fitness and all that you know that's definitely something I need to get back into obviously coming off the tools mm. you still eat the same food and you go up to client <laughs> lunches and that and I've definitely noticed it after, after the, the years yeah it's something I need to I need to work on myself so good man good man um James, how can people find you online? Um, where are you? You just talked about LinkedIn yeah. and you're doing a great job on there. Thank you. Um, but where can people find Curse and Commentary? Um, we've obviously got a website. Yeah. As it pretty much sounds, www.curseandcarpentry.co.uk. Yeah. We've 
It's going to be updating our website imminently as we speak. My business development manager, Tom's looking after that. Um, so that, you know, it's already good, but it could be a lot better. I'd like to do more drone photography, videography, mm. like flying over big building sites, all these roofs going on and that. You know, that's cool. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a Hollywood kind of approach. Yeah, anyone can take a picture of a door, can't they? Cool <laughs> that, you know? Let's have some people moving around, some images. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what, what I'm going to focus on. But yeah, LinkedIn, I've, I've actually come to the last couple of years. What a fantastic free tool. Mm-hmm. I probably could get the premium version, but I'm not really a super techie guy. You know, I'm, a, I'm an outdoorsman, I'm a tradesman, and I'm a, I'm a countryman, you know. So LinkedIn is where you can find me. That also goes on, something earlier we were talking about, about making right decisions, because no one is... I haven't gone to university, I've got a degree in business management or finance or leadership. It's all from right decisions and like when you become a dad. Trial and error. Yeah, like when you, mm. you know, you're a recent father, aren't you, Jack? Mm, I am. You, you didn't go to college for a year to no, learn how to do right. it. It's just something that you do. And yeah, you, 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 you learn and you, you yeah, make yeah, mistakes right. and you get better, yeah. So business is exactly like that, mm. you know? Well, you know, it might be a little bit more on the line, but as long as you make the right choices and the right decisions, then you're not going to go far wrong. Absolutely. Amazing. LinkedIn, Facebook can go on there on on our page and all that. That's something we've boosted a lot recently. But if you want to find me on LinkedIn, James Kirsten, Kirsten, yeah. Simple C-U-R-S-O-N. Cool. Yeah. And uh, last question before we wrap up. Um, Big question. What is, it's something we ask all our guests, what is the best thing about running a business and owning a business? And in, in Suffolk specifically as well. Um, I wouldn't put it into an area. No. Um, the best thing about owning your own business is multiple things. Freedom to be able to do what you want to do when you want to do it. Mm-hmm. And only being answerable to yourself. If you make a bad decision, if you mess up, it's your, it's your you. fault. Yeah. yeah. But learn from it. Because you can't go, oh, he didn't do that because I asked him two, three weeks ago and he mm. never bothered. Well, no, it's down to you, mate. <laughs> yeah, accountability. <laughs> yeah, that's the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah accountability. Cool. So, Brilliant. Amazing. James, thanks so much for joining us, mate. We've really absolutely loved it. Some amazing insight um, for our listeners and viewers. Thanks so much. Have a good day. Thank you for having me. Cheers, Cheers mate. See you soon.